Which one of these areas do I need to work on? Do I need to work on my up? Do I need to work on my end, which is loving the church, the body of Christ? That's the small group part. Or do I need to work on the out, which is going out and leading others and telling others about Jesus? You know, this past week, I, I'm one of these, I believe you should practice what you preach. Okay? You should always practice what you preach. And so, you know, we have these, uh, your invited cards to Gratis Church, and we, I think we got 500 of them. We're going to have some available in the back or at the table on your way out. But I've, I've already filled my wallet full of them, and so this week I've handed out several of these. And you know, I'm handing them out like at the bank and other places, people that I've been doing business with and contact with for years. And God's just showing me, why don't you ask them? Why don't you invite them? Do you know 80 something percent of people will come to church because you invited them. You know 50% of those are, are waiting for an invitation? I didn't even realize that. But half the people out there will come if you ask them. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I look around this room this morning and all of those I invited this week, not one of them's here. Now, do you think I'm disappointed? Well, I would hope they would be here. But that doesn't affect the fact that I'm going to keep on inviting. That doesn't stop me from keeping on sharing the good news of the gospel of Christ. So that's the part that we, I believe our church really needs to continue to work on because to the out part, leading people to Jesus is one of the keys. But today we're going to focus on we live like Jesus, the up. The up. You know, um, this past week, Bruce mentioned this at the men's group on Wednesday night, and he asked the, the guys there, he said, um, y'all, what's been all over the news this past week? What's been on the news? And if you're local here, what has it been? What do you see being promoted the most? Yeah, the game. That, I mean, Atlanta is so excited about hosting the Super Bowl. And, you know, and they're blowing it all up. And, you know, I've, I've come to realize... When you do a survey, half the people out there could care less that there's a game today. Are you one of those? You're one of those. You don't care. You know, there's Tom Brady's going for number six. Some of y'all don't even know who Tom Brady is, okay? He's the quarterback for the Patriots, all right? But he's going for his sixth Super Bowl. And I can venture to say that everybody that's not in New England or the Boston area is going to be rooting for the, uh, the I used to almost said St. Louis Rams, but it's the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to be rooting for them. But you know, Grandma might be. She came from out of California. She might be rooting for the Rams today. Who knows? But either way, she said, what game? <laughs> that's what Grandma said, what game? <laughs> All right. But anyway, but you know what? The world makes a big deal out of things. The news makes a big deal out of things. The news did something else this week, didn't it? I think the weatherman kind of blew something up this week, didn't he? And what happened? Gwinnett County in the city of Atlanta got a day off on Tuesday. But they made a big deal out of something, and then it was like there wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, they were precautious. They did what was, they thought was right for that moment, and everybody enjoyed their mud day or whatever it was, one snow day. But you know what? Here's the thing. 
the world tries to blow something up and make it seem big. But you know what? God showed me this week. What is really big? And what is really amazing? And that is God. And you know, I believe that so many Christians in the church, uh, it's, it's almost like this. The church needs to remember and be reminded just how awesome and how great and how powerful and how wonderful and how majestic and amazing our God is. And you know what? Going, even if I had a ticket to the Super Bowl and could go tonight, is nothing compared to being here with you in this room at this moment. You know why? Because we have gathered to worship the one, the only, the one who cares about us, who loves us. New England's not going to do anything for me. The Rams are not going to do anything for me. But I can assure you, I know one who has done and will continue to do something for me every day. And what I'm saying is we need to make a big deal about God. Because God is a big deal. Amen? He is. Amen? He is. He is awesome. And so that's where we're headed today. We're, we want to live like Jesus on our up because I want you to know it all begins with a relationship. But here's the first thing I'm going to give you today. Nothing, nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Capital nothing on everything. Nothing is more important than our relationship with God. If you're in a relationship with someone, that's great. I encourage you. It's exciting. I've been married 33 years. It's great. But listen, I love my wife. But nothing, she's important to me. But she, is she more important to me than God? She better not be. I, I enjoy being a pastor. I enjoy working. I enjoy my job. I enjoy my kids. I enjoy helping coach them. I enjoy the seasons of life. I love my grandkids. And I enjoy them immensely. Careers, choices, your first car. Man, I know you're thinking about getting that car, getting that ride. Whatever it might be. Possessions, homes, cabins, beach property, whatever it might be. Let me once again say to you, nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Are you with me on that? I hope you understand that. With that being said, there's nothing the enemy's going to fight you against more than your relationship with God. And see, Jesus knew the key. He was with the Father all the time, but he knew the secret. He got up early. He went out. He prayed. He got back with his guys. And then he went out into the world to make that difference every day. He knew what was most important. And you know, I, I'm going to continue this process by sharing you with this because in this room, if you're a believer today, I, will, I, I hope and pray that you walk away with that one truth today. Nothing is more important 
than my relationship with God. So the question comes, how am I nurturing that and how am I participating in that relationship? It's talking, communicating. I've decided, I don't know why I haven't ever done this before, but this week I decided that my last thought before I, as I lay my head on my pillow at night is going to be God. It's going to be God. Any of y'all have trouble falling asleep? Too much running through your mind? Your mind's just erasing. And it hit me this, this week. I've got a lot of things coming at this mind, but I've, I want my last thought to be God. God, thank you for this day, and thank you, and allow me to get this rest that I need right now. Here's what's cool. You can lay your head down as one of his children and realize this. He gives to his beloved even in their sleep. That's the word of God. I bet you didn't even think about that. When you went to bed last night and went to sleep, if you're one of his children, the word of God says he gives to you even in your sleep. All right? Now, on Sundays, I always ask a lot of you, how are you doing? And one of the number one responses, I'm alive and well. I made it. I'm up. I'm kicking. You, many of y'all, y'all told me that. The number one thing we should wake up in the morning with, first thought, God. Now, I know the older I get, I go, oh, or oh. Or first thought is, I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, that's the first thought. The older you get. But that first thought, God. Thank you for uh, waking me up. <laughs> you know, I hope uh, when the Lord takes me, I do hope he takes me in my sleep. I just hope I go to sleep and wake up in the arms of God. But the fact that he woke you up this morning means he's not finished with you. Amen. He's still got a plan and a purpose for you for this day. Because you're living in it. He, he thinks about us. If the Bible says he's got our hairs numbered on our head, and he even knows when the bird, the, the sparrow falls to the earth and dies, I think he cares about us in a very special way. So I'm going to bring up this question. There might be some of you in this room that go, you know what, I know about God, but what you're talking about, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. And I know Jesus had the ultimate relationship with him, but what I want you, with his father, I want, I want to have it. You might be in this room or you might know some people that's in your family and you go, you know what? There's a lot of things more important to them than their relationship with God. And you, you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, their career is. I've watched them. Or sports. Sports is more important than God. You know, somebody posted on Facebook, they posted the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and said, that is the God of this age. Yeah, it's sports. Uh, you look at what they get paid. You look at what's done. But, you know, hey, I've been there, I've coached, I've done all of this. Those are great things to do with your kids. But listen, if, if you spend more time doing those things than you are with your relationship with God, nothing is more important than our relationship with God. You hear what I'm, I hope you hear what I'm saying to you this morning. So if you're one of those persons and you're thinking, well, I don't have that, 
Let me give you the answers to that this morning. Only Jesus can bring us into a right relationship with God. Only Jesus alone can bring us. Now, I'm going to give you three Bible verses that prove it. Three of them. Some of you already know these. But the first one I'm going to give you is a, is a verse that says something about the truth to this. And that is found in John 14, verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6. How do we know that only Jesus can do it? Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was telling them that he was going away to prepare a place for them. And don't, let, don't be troubled in your heart. And if I go away, I'm coming back. And I'm going to receive you into myself. One of his disciples named Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to even know the way? And Jesus gave him this response. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And who comes to the Father? No one. No one comes to the Father except but through me. Now, Jesus is making it very clear. The only way that we can have this kind of relationship is going to be we've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the only way. You know, there, it was said this way. There are many religions to where there's a man who's tried to be God. <laughs> False prophets, all kinds of things. But there's only one where God became man, and that's Jesus. He became man, Jesus. So only Jesus can bring us into a right, right relationship with, with God. Notice it doesn't say he is a way, but he is the way. He is the only way. And because of what he did, oh, thank you, God. Uh, we exist today because of that. So that's a verse you probably have heard before. But listen, have you, have you heard someone say this? Oh, there's many ways to God. Have you heard someone say that? Oh, there's many ways. Don't you know there's many ways to God? Or, you know, all you got to do is be as good. Just be a good person, and, and God will take you. But listen, y'all, there's only one way. second one is found in 1 Peter 3, verse 18. I love this one. It says, For Christ, for Jesus, also died for sins once for all. And notice this, the just for the unjust. Guess who's just and guess who's unjust? <laughs> there's no doubt about it, is it? We know there's only one who's been just, that's Jesus. He was the just who died for every one of us, the unjust, so that, I love this, so that he might bring us to God. There it is, folks. It's in black and white. He did it so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive through the Spirit. So what happened that day on Calvary was that Jesus paid the price for the unjust. He paid the penalty to bring us into the right relationship with God. Why? Because nothing, nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Nothing. World, fame, fortune, nothing is more important than our relationship with God. It's not. But there we have it, folks. He, he tells us in black and white, so that... He might bring us to God. Why did he do that? One simple answer. 
love. For God so loved, put your name in there, that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus, that put your name in there, would not perish, but have everlasting life. There's nothing but love. God so loved that he gave. That's the way God is. But Jesus did all of that, and Jesus went, all of, went through all of that because he wanted to bring us into the relationship with God. So, y'all, this up is extremely important, isn't it? This up is everything. Why? Because nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Here's, that's two of them, so I hope you're writing these down. These are some good verses if, to share with people, by the way. And to pray for people, by the way. If you've got someone that doesn't know the Lord and you've been praying for them, these are some good verses. And here's the final one. And this is one that I'm going to focus in a little bit more on, but here it is. It's John 1, verse 12. And in this text, John was saying about who Jesus was. He's the Word. In the beginning was Word. Word was with God. Word was God. But he said Jesus came to his own people, the Jews the nation of Israel, but they rejected him. So he gives us this verse. But as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. John 1.12. Notice what it tells us to do. Believe, if we believe in whom Christ, in Jesus, then we will receive him, but as many as received who? Jesus. Then if we believe, we receive him in order to become a child of God. So that's the progression of what it's about. The devil even believes that Jesus is the Son of God, okay? The demons believe, James said, and they tremble, okay? But that believe here means, that means I place my total faith and trust in what Jesus did on my behalf in order to bring me to God. Because I can't get to God on my own. I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. I can't do anything. I can't work for it. I can't buy it. Here, let me pay my way into heaven. <laughs> can't do that. But he did all these things in order to bring us to God because he loves us. And when we do, we become his children of God. I was teaching at Athens Tech there, Jamisha there one week, and one of the ladies said, oh, we're all children of God. I said, no, we're not. She said, what do you mean? I said, all have been created in the image of God, but not all are children of God. And here's my proof. You have to believe you have to receive in order to become a child of God. It's a privilege. You have to have the right to become a child of God. And what does God do? God adopts us into his family is what he does. He adopts us. That term means a lot to our family right now. That term means a lot to some families in this room. But do you know, if you have... A Receive Jesus Christ. If you've believed and received and become, you know you have been adopted. So if I were to say, how many of y'all are adopted to this room spiritually? You've got to raise your hand if you're a child of God. I'm adopted. 
I'm adopted by God. What is that? Adopted means what? I just didn't have you. I wanted you. I paid a price for you. And I've got you. You're mine. You belong to me. You're adopted. Hmm. That's precious, isn't it? That means a lot. And so, the up begins by having that relationship with God. And once again, what? Nothing, what? Nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Nothing. You try to convince me otherwise, you can't. At the end of your life, you're going to know. At the end of your days, you will realize in that moment that what this man was saying on the third day of February of 2009 is 19, not 9, but 2019 is true. I didn't want to just go back 10 years, all right? Nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Do you know I've, I've known and seen guys that have been in ministry that put the church and their role as a pastor and their work and everything else is the most important thing. And they've lost their, their family, they lost their spouse, and then they've eventually lost the church. And you know why? Because they didn't get this part right to where nothing <laughs> is more important than our personal relationship with God. Nothing. And listen, for those of you that are single and looking, hmm, let me say to you, nothing <laughs> is more important than your relationship with God. Nothing. And yes, you pray, you seek, you look, and you say, all right, God, is this the one? You pray about it. Because I can tell you, after your relationship with God, the most important thing is, is who you become one with in that journey. And as it continues. And then the kids and all of that come along. But you know, I can tell you this. I love my kids. And they know I love them. But they also know that not one of them is in the place of God in my life. That's not fair to them if I did do that. You, you follow where I'm coming? It's not fair to them. I've been sitting with people in a room before to where an individual would say to, about their spouse, he is my rock. And I went, oh, 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 don't say that. Because when you have placed another individual as the rock in your life, there's only one that can be the rock. Because something, sooner or later, something's going to happen and one of us is checking out of this world or one of us could move on, but the rock, see, you can't do that to them because nothing is more important than my relationship with God. Nothing. Not going out that door and providing for my family, that's good. Because God gives me the strength to get up and go. But nothing is more important than you. That's it. All right. 
My gospel story, I'm going to give you an example of this because I want to give you some tools to work with on this journey. My gospel story. So if you want a relationship with God, and many of you already are in a relationship with God in this room, where did your story begin? How did your story begin? My story began when I was, I was raised in church. But my story began when I was uh, 11 years old, and I responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I was saved, I was baptized, and, and then I went on in my journey. Many years later, God called me in the ministry, and I've continued to walk with him. That's part of my story. But in this story, the, my gospel story, there's these four areas that I want you to think about. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to present this to you today, and we're going to go deeper in it in weeks to come, in the future weeks. But today, I want you to think about and see. The eruption over here, the eruption's like a volcano. This is, this is the mountaintop experience. This is when... You've had one of those uh, Kairos moments that we spoke about a few weeks ago. This is one of those moments where God does a work in your life. It is a mountaintop experience. It could be your salvation. It could be the day you got married. It could be. For those of you that are married in the room, you, you look at your spouse and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a mountaintop experience that day. That was special. For some of you, it could be the day that first baby was born. It could be that day and where you had that moment. It could have been when you finally landed that dream job, or it could have been when you moved into your dream home. Whatever might have been that moment, it's known as that peak, that high, that eruption. What God has done is so special in your life. But we all know that after these moments and after we begin our journey in with God, that there will be times to where there's the erosion aspect. This is when you go through the tests and the trials, and this is known as the valley. You know the God who's the God of the mountain is still the same God who's God of the valley. But when we're going through these times, that's when the tests and the trials begin to come, and our faith is really tested in a powerful way. But you will understand that in these erosion times, it, it begins as a gradual slope. And it can start like, oh, well, I used to be close to God, or I used to be, but now I just don't spend time. I don't have time. I am so busy, I don't have time. And so you go on through your, your routine. But there begins a slippery slope. And then here's the next one, this earthquake. And you see that's the fracture. The earthquake is that moment where your world is shaken. It could be the death of someone very special and close to you. It could be the loss of a child. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of a relationship that means the world. But we're talking something that shatters you to your core. And that's why I said what I said a while ago about the rock. This is what rocks your world. And who, when your world gets rocked, who is it or what is it that is your rock? And so these are the times, the earthquake that shatters us. And, and so we move from that into excavation. And you know the word excavation is about digging. So 
your gospel story, when you write out your gospel story in the weeks to come, and you can begin to do it, but the, the last part is when I begin to dig into what has happened into my life. And I look at why has this happened, and God, what are you saying to me through this process? What are you trying to teach me? What are you speaking to me as I've gone through this? This is where you dig and you excavate all of these things that have happened to you and they begin to line up. This is when we begin to get things become clear and then we get the confidence of knowing that, hey, he, God's working in and through me. And you know, we, we know the verse that all things work together for good, but listen, there comes these moments in our life that we can't say that verse because we're so hurt and wounded in that moment. But then later on, the clarity comes, and then the courage and the confidence comes because we go, you know what? God, you are working to make me more like Jesus is what you're doing. So it all gets back to this. Nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Okay, that's it for today. I, I hope this has meant something to you. But before we close, I wanted to show you a prayer that the Lord uh, got me to write out here for you today. A prayer that we pray to God is personal. And I don't know about you, but this is a prayer that is a prayer really acknowledging God about several things. But you know, when you pray a prayer, you got to mean it from your heart. And so I want you to look at this prayer with me that I wrote out this morning. Because there might be someone in this room that's thinking, I don't have that relationship with God. But I don't even really know what to say or how to pray. But maybe this can be a guide for you. There's nothing magical about it, but it could be a guide for you. And here it is. God, I need you. I realize I have messed up by sinning against you. And even though <laughs> I have messed up, you love me so much that you did the most important thing. You sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I know I do not deserve what you've done for me but by faith I believe in you Jesus I believe you died for me I believe you rose from the grave for me and I believe you conquered death for me so right now I receive you Jesus I ask you to take over my life I ask you God to become my heavenly father and to adopt me as your child and I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me and control me. Thank you, God, for saving me from eternal death and giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, folks, that's a prayer. It's a prayer, but it covers the things that mean everything in my life, in your life. And listen, I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer like that before, but it's going to take a prayer that acknowledge, acknowledges what God has done for you 
in the very fact that we have to surrender our lives to him. Okay? So maybe perhaps in this room you go, man, that needs to be my prayer. That needs to be something that I do today. So right where you are, I just invite you to bow your heads as we have a moment, a time to reflect. The question I ask you to you right now is this. What is it that God has said to you today? Take a moment. What is it that God is saying to you today? What am I going to do about it? God, all over this room, you're speaking to the hearts of the ones you love and you lay down your life for. And I pray and I thank you for everyone in this room that already has a relationship. And I thank you, God, for the ones in this room that perhaps read that prayer and go, you know, that's that's what I got to do. That's what I need to do today. And so, Lord, you know every heart, every condition. And I pray, God, that your will will be accomplished in this room. And I pray that each and every one of us would be obedient unto you. And, Lord, for myself, included with all the believers in this room, we honestly have to ask ourselves, what is it 